welcome to Friday's DJ Force 10 in conversation. This is episode 127. Uh, my special guest on today's show is none other than Jim Davies, uh, former pitch shifter, former prodigy guitarist, um, former Victory Pill, uh, Flint, uh, loads of other stuff. He does. He, he's continued within music. You'll find out in this in the interview. Um, but yeah, it was absolute absolute pleasure to speak to him because um, I was I'm, I'm a big fan of pitch shifter. Uh, specifically the era that that he was involved as well um and uh yeah we know we talk about that we talk about his new album uh head wars um which is out now so go stream it pause this podcast go to your nearest streaming app and stream that album uh if you love like sort of the hybrid rock metal sound that that i am extremely passionate about um go listen to it it's fantastic um yeah i can't say anything more than that it's 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 incredibly like kind of it goes it's very diverse goes up goes down in tempos and stuff um but it's great uh we chat about loads of stuff in this interview so uh we'll have that up in a minute Uh, i just want to give my friday shout outs to people um thank you for downloading the previous week's worth of shows I uh, hope you've enjoyed them. We had Therafosa on Monday, uh, Chemists on uh, Tuesday, Royals on Wednesday, and From Ashes to New on Thursday, which was yesterday. Um, and we've got Jim Davis today again. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you again. I'm loving doing this, uh, speaking to all these bands and stuff. I've got loads for next week. Um, I've started my DJ series as well. So I'm going to have some DJs on the show. Uh, I've already uh, wrapped up an interview with DJ Woody, uh, which again was fantastic to chat to him. I've got a few others booked in now. Not going to reveal it until they happen, just in case something comes up in this time. Uh, But also some more fantastic bands coming your way as well. Um, So yeah, look out for those or keep your ears peeled or whatever you do with your ears. Um, But yeah, no, absolutely fantastic to hear from some of you guys um, on the socials. Really appreciating the feedback. Um, Please continue leaving uh, reviews and stuff. That's been absolutely um, amazing so far um, on various platforms. Follow me on Spotify, uh, all the sort of things you can do on there. Um, But anything to sort of help elevate uh, the podcast, to help the bands, to help everyone that's that's kind of involved with this. Um, And yeah, like I said, I don't do this for for money or anything. I'm not selling you an advert. I'm just asking to get the exposure for these bands. Um, I do this for a passion for music. Um, Although there was one advert thing that I did come out that i may take up on because uh, i do enjoy a cup of coffee um and there is one where you can buy me a cup of coffee which sounds amazing um i might look into it a little bit further but you might hear me ask for a cup of coffee um but then again i might not you never know you never know it depends if it feels right or not but i hope everyone's well um i know this is uh, still weird times weird times indeed uh but i hope this is uh giving you something to sort of occupy your mind for a little bit uh certainly giving me that sort of um that that impetus and i'm feeling a lot better about certain things um been feeling up and down up and down as most people have been um uh, but sort of getting my uh getting my teeth into a lot of things so uh we'll see where that leads um as for now i'm going to leave you with the interview with jim davies um yeah enjoy Okay, on my show today, I have Jim Davis. Um, He is a former pitch shifter guitarist and prodigy guitarist. Welcome, Jim. Hello. Nice to be here. Nice. How are you doing today? I'm very good. I haven't been very very productive at all today, though. No. Sort of uh, up and down. Some days I'm thinking this lockdown business, I'm going to get loads of tunes done. I'm going to really make it work. And then today, I've literally spent all day playing Resident Evil 3 Ah. on the Xbox. So um, that's not I, a total waste really, of time. Well, no, I've been <laughs> playing a game that's all about hunting for a vaccine to a zombie virus. So it yeah. doesn't feel much different to normal life, does it? No, no, exactly. I was going to say it's perfectly apt for this time and moment. <laughs> so, um, oh, that is a game actually. I'm, I'm looking to get. Is it any good? Is the, it's a re, obviously a remake? But is any? Is it good? Oh, mate. Well. <laughs> It's just one of my favourite games. I've, I've always played like from PlayStation 1 upwards. Um, then there's certain games that I've just always loved and always... I think Resident Evil and Doom and Quake. Yeah. I must have played every single version of those games throughout yeah. the years. But these new remakes of Resident Evil are really good. 
really, really good. Nice. So I'm enjoying that. And Doom Eternal, that yes. was really good as yeah, well. That, that's Wasted some... a lot of time doing that last week. <laughs> that that game is uh, it's on my to-get list, definitely. Um, I'm sort of yeah. like waiting. I'm, I'm finishing some... I'm being really good. I'm finishing games that I've got already. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but... so it's weird. It's, it's, I, can, I can already feel it all descending to like into madness. Like the first yeah. couple of weeks of this, I was saying to my friends, I'm going to really use this time. I'm going to do a couple of tunes a week and I'll have another album done by the end of it. And then fast forward two weeks and I'm just on the Xbox all day. Yeah. So, no, I've, I've had, I've had kind of the same thing. I've been sort of keeping like active doing that or not say active. I've been doing like painting things. I do that little yep, miniature yep. wargaming thing, so it's a little bit geeky. But I've I've managed to go through and almost finish that, and I've kind of stopped on the last batch. So I'm like, once this is yep. done, then they're done. <laughs> so I've gone to video games yeah. along with homeschooling my kids and stuff as well. I don't want to sound like I'm an irresponsible parent, but <laughs> no, well, I don't have any. I don't have any kids, so I, mean, ah. I can just I can just yeah, sit you can you can do whatever me. you want on that. Exactly. <laughs> I have to set a precedent for them, unfortunately. You do. So, but, um, you know, playing Doom in front of a 10-year-old is always fun. So, it's... They've got to learn, haven't they? They've got to learn. Oh, they do. I played a lot worse when I was 10. I think I actually played Doom and Quake and uh, Duke Nukem around, probably around that age. Well, I don't know. Oh, look, I think it's that? very important, important yeah. in the future that young children know how to handle a shotgun. Because oh, totally. I think they're going to need to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I lived in America for a bit, So, yeah. Uh, we yeah, lived in. Someone steps over that. Someone steps over that two meter mark in Sainsbury's. Oh yeah, totally. You back the legs off. Tell them to back the fuck up. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was gonna say. So I, I lived in Florida for like five years or so, and and like mm. you just watch people carrying there. You know, you can go to a gun mm. range. You know, it's perfectly normal. And then coming back here, it yep. was very strange. So it was. <laughs> yeah, I went out. I went out of a girl once from Florida, and went went to meet her parents. And first thing her dad said was. Want to go and shoot some cans, Ooh. some Mexicans? And I was like, oh, right. oh, And then next thing I know, I'm in the garden shooting like all these cans, and and then he's like trying to get me to go out alligator shooting, and I was like, no, no. no. <laughs> no. I have to admit, I I do like guns, though. I'm I collect old World War Two guns. Oh really? One. Oh wow. So I've got quite a few of them. Yeah. And I'm, uh, well, like in the old days, when you could go outside, I do a lot of skeet shooting, you know, clay yeah. pigeon shooting and stuff yeah. like that. I've got, I have actually got a loft full of shotguns. Which okay. Is, which is ha- handy in these times. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, my dad, um, you know, he's not with us anymore, but he had, um, he had, he used to do that, go clay pigeon shooting and used yeah, to look after it. his friends' farms while they were away and obviously, you know, shoot vermin and whatnot. So, you know. Yeah, that's the not- weird thing. I would never, I'm actually like, um, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't shoot anything live. I wouldn't um, go hunting. I wouldn't do anything like that. I'm quite sort of animal animal rights and yeah. stuff. But shooting clay bloody targets isn't really uh, no. too much of a problem. But no. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't do anything. Yeah, wouldn't, he he never he, he never shot anything in front of us, the kids. Like yeah, uh, and I was like, okay, but then I know when he'd go out and do it because obviously he was maintaining this guy's farm, so you yeah. know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not really. I try not to. I'm not all political about it, and you know, I wouldn't go out on protests and demonstrations. But it's just not for me. It's okay. Just, you know, different, isn't it? If you're brought up on yeah country, if you, yeah, if you're like brought that, up in that area, life, but, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Well, there you go. we're. Sidetracked as we got just then <laughs> into that. Yeah, help. people are going to be listening to this going, what, 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 Where's what this going? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, just, I, I really want to talk about your uh, your new album. Obviously, you probably want to talk about it, or you might you might be tired of it already. But um, <laughs> um, but no, I was, I was um, uh, I've 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 been following you for a little while. Like as in, um, I knew you from back in Pitch Shifter days, uh, and, yep. and and obviously the Prodigy and stuff like that. Like I, I saw you play with Pitch Shifter so many times at like the Astoria and stuff like that oh they were my favourite gigs yeah I miss that place no so do I and I just like I went to London recently um and it's not there anymore (laughs) no it's really I felt really like a real proper sad old bastard a couple of couple of months ago in the old days yeah when you could go outside yeah I was walking around Tottenham Court Road um with my wife and we walked past where the Astoria was and um She's never she never saw me play. She's never seen me play live ever. In oh, band. So okay. she probably thinks I'm making all this up. But <laughs> we'll pass this story. I went, Oh, this is a brilliant venue. We used to play here and 
She was like, oh, yeah. Well, there's nothing here now. Are you sure? And I was like, honest. This used to be amazing, this place. But, um, I, yeah, that was my favourite gig. Yeah. No, it definitely was. I, I remember seeing you guys, um, I think it was just before the dot-com came out, the dot-com album, which you, obviously you were part of to start with. Um, you played yeah. a very small show um, down my way. I live in um, in that sort of Camberley area. Of, the of, sorry, no. It was it was oh, no, it was no. the Agincourt in Camberley. Oh, I know the one. Sorry, I thought you meant a small show in London. No, 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 uh, no, actually, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I do remember that because I one of the very first ones I ever did with Pitch Shift. Sure, is at the garage. Yeah, and then it might have been that one. The next one was it was like a Camberley festival. One, or something. But I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, like back then, because I'd, I'd seen Pitch Shifter before, before you were in it, and they were a bit more industrial, a bit darker. Uh, they were playing with a yeah. bunch of other earache bands at the time. So it was, I think it was like Neurosis yeah. and um, I can't remember what the other band was. I should really remember, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, the funny thing is, I, I, I was exactly the same as you. I used to go and see them before I met them. But yeah. I was well into them. As a, as a fan, I used to go stage dive and nice. you know, entertainment I yes. still think it's a brilliant album that is, but, it is uh, a very good album yeah I used to go and stage dive and even before I met the band I was a fan of them so yeah oh that's really cool to know because it's like I don't know how, how I was about to ask how you got involved with them how did that like come about because they sort of yeah. shifted in sort of sound I mean infotainment was kind of that bridge from where they were mm. to where they sort of like when when you did dot com and I, I was just sort of how how did you get involved with that well it's a bit of a weird one really i mean after i finished my first stint with playing the prodigy i was just i didn't really know what to do really with myself i was I had a lot of time on my hands and going to a lot of gigs yeah. and i just went to see pitch shifter and i remember talking i, I used to be really terrified of mark <laughs> and it was funny because i know him so well now he's such a gentle bloke but obviously when he was on stage he does like that thing out of the predator doesn't yeah. he yeah and then he's just terrified if you don't know him. He's just, you don't want to catch his eye because he looks like he's going to just lean over and bite your face <laughs> off. So I was at a couple of gigs and, um, yeah, I just met him, went up afterwards and said, hello, I'm, I'm Jim, really big fan of your band. And, you know, I didn't say anything. And, and then we, I went to another gig. I think it was an Astoria gig at LA2. Yeah. And I was upstairs in that little after show bit and I bumped into John. And then um, I think John was aware of what I'd done sort of previously. Yeah. Um, and, he just gave me, he had a demo tape, he actually had a demo tape of .com with, I think they were still pitching it around to labels and stuff, and it had um, Microwave, Police, uh, I only think it only had a couple of tunes on it, maybe WYSIWYG, yeah. probably not, I can't remember, but he just gave me it, and we kept in touch, and um, I just went home and, and made a, a demo tape of me playing over Police, sir, and another one, I think it was actually only Police, sir. And then we kept in touch, and they just said, "Do you want to come up to Nottingham and like, do you want to do like a guest thing on the album?" And I was, you know, really chuffed with that. Yeah, because yeah, they were my favourite band at the time. Nice. So I was thinking, this is brilliant, well chuffed. So I went up to Nottingham, and I think I was intending to stay for like a weekend and just be in the studio with them and, and do uh, Lisa. But then we got on really well, and then you know, John and, and Johnny, the other guitarist at the time, just kept going. Right, what about this tune? What can you do in this one? Then they'd load up, I don't know, WYSIWYG. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll have a go on that. And then they'd be like, what, what can you do on this one? So by the time I, I ended up staying for a couple of weeks, and then <laughs> by the time I left, I'd played on quite a few tracks on the album. And in the back of my mind, I was hoping, oh, surely, sure, have I done enough? Do you think, I wonder if they'll ask. Yeah. Have I played on so many of the tunes that they'll ask? <laughs> and eventually they did. And they said, do you want to join? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it is... It, but you know that wasn't that wasn't nailed on. You know, I only well, I only went up there to the guest on the album. But yeah. Luckily, I played enough all over it that. But it was weird for them. You know, looking back at it now, it must have been hard for them to get someone new in the band because it was Mark and John that was their baby from really early yeah. teens, and it still is. So it must have been tricky having some new, you know, some bloke from Essex they've never met before coming in, but. um they were really open to all the ideas that that I had. Yeah. So, you know, with with dot com, I, I see what I did as just sticking a bit of colour on top of, you know, from a guitar point of view, just making more sort of interesting textures and layers on the album. You know, I couldn't ever hold my hands up and say I sort of wrote much of that album at all because I didn't. Yeah. But it led to obviously then being fully involved in all the stuff after that. Me and John sort of wrote the rest of it. You know, Deviant and uh, the UK stuff. Yeah. What was the other one? PSI and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. 
Awesome. No, that's, that's really cool because I, I I followed you guys for so long and I was um like I was a member of your street team and all that. So I, I'm, I'm coming from oh. a fan's point of view. Like when I was that young, I was like fully into what you guys were doing. I've still got a bunch yeah. of like the old propaganda flyers and stuff you guys used to. Throw yeah, out yeah, and... well, yeah. Well, I was I was the same as you before I even got into that. <laughs> yeah. So it was good. I mean, that's what I loved about being in that band. There was the whole the, the fans were so hardcore and yeah. so sort of devoted that. You know, we knew we could always do well. You know, we bought a hell of a lot all around the world. Yeah. We always knew that, well, for me personally, excuse me, I was always excited when I knew we were going to do a UK tour because I just we all just knew it would be great and we'd yeah. probably sell it out. But off the back of that, we probably would come off of a couple of weeks in Europe playing to very few people. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. It was always good. No, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, like I said, I saw you guys so many times at the Astoria and um, various other, I think, festivals and and um, trying to think if there was anywhere else at the time. But I, no, just because I was part of the street team, I was usually at most of the shows in London, like handing out CDs or flyers or, yep. you know, yep. if it was for you or uh, um, uh, One Minute Silence, Mudvayne oh, yeah, and stuff like that. All the bands of that time, you know. Um, yeah sort of getting involved on that level and it was really cool because it was just like you know i i just enjoyed watching you guys play and then i went to go see um the the reunion shows uh was it yeah a year and a half ago yeah. must have been about a year and a half ago um yeah i actually was i went up to the nottingham show for that one um mm-hmm. just purely because like i like as, as much as i love the garage in london i just don't like going in and out of london so i figured yeah. you know what i'll drive up to nottingham <laughs> so me and the yeah, wife City, yeah it's a great venue and I'd, I'd not been there for years so i was like you know let's do that and you had the blueprint and you had earth 09 as well as your support yeah. which was great as well another couple of bands that were of my sort of youth if you will um mm. but um yeah no it was uh what what um what i was gonna ask is why why weren't you part of that what what was the sort of like did you get the opportunity to or was it just sort of well it wasn't no, I, I honestly can say hand on heart that I didn't even know it was happening. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't, I was completely unaware of it. I just had, I was sat there watching telly one night and a few of my mates texted me and went, oh, hell, look, you're, on, you're going back on tour then. I thought you'd had enough and all that. And I was like, <laughs> I've no idea what you're talking about. And then I sort of had announced it. But, um, you know, I just hadn't been in contact with, with the band for a long time. And, um, you know, I don't think there was any weirdness. Okay. But, you know, I left the band in 2002 or three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just one of those things, really. I, I'm, I'm sure from John Mark's point of view, it's it's their band. It's it's up to them yeah. who they want to to do it. And they've got Mark and Tim. Um, sorry, Dan and Tim, that friends of mine that do the guitars now and yeah. do a good job. And so you know, it was it was no weirdness involved. But it, I literally didn't even know it was happening. Okay, so. That's right. Um, that's all. That's all I can say. Yeah. No. I was just. I was just curious because, like, they got obviously they didn't have the full original lineup from then. Um, so it's, it's Mark and and, and John. Um, yep. And even um, uh, is it is it Jason Bowles? He wasn't part of it either, was he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, no, he's doing Bullet now. Yeah. yeah he's doing Bullet now. So you know, he's obviously he was very busy with those. So, um, but yeah. yeah. No, I was just curious as to sort of like if there was anything. Not not if there was any like animosity between you, but it was just more like mm. why weren't you being a part of it? That was all. So um, yeah. Well, I, the the answer to that is I honestly don't know. There's okay. no answer to that because. Um, I I didn't even know it was happening, okay. so it oh, wasn't even enough. like I um, was asked to do it and I said no, or yeah. I approached and asked them to do it and they said no. <laughs> Nobody just talked to anybody, oh. so there was it just they just announced it and I think they've had the same sort of live lineup yeah. since I left. Yeah, in. I was going to say so that. They they probably in their minds they probably didn't think they needed to announce who was doing it because the band lineup had been the same. But I suppose. It makes sense that you know people like yourself who are hardcore fans and there in the day when you see a tour that's announced and it's yeah it's dot com that you might think about that lineup. But I mean a lot of bands do it, don't they? They sort of get the lineups that were on those al- albums yeah. and then play that album from start to finish. But I don't think that was the case with with Shifter for that tour. I think they wanted to to go out and play again, and yep. they didn't see any need to tweak the the lineup and. But you know we're um, we're in touch again now, as you probably know, because Mark played on my album and yeah, yeah, it's all cool. No, that's all good. That's all good. So uh, just sort of like before we get onto your album, actually, I was just going to ask you a few things. Like after Pitch Shifter, you did obviously a few things. 
Um, yeah. One of which I've got in front of me right now. Um, I've got a, a promo for your um, your group you did with Keith uh, Flint. Um, mm. I've got Aim for uh, yep. promo disc. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm just looking at I was just trying to sort of like so like after Pitch Shifter you sort of like jumped into a few of these things. What was your like um what was your reason for kind of walking away from it? What was like because obviously like you said you you sort of like stopped playing or stopped, you know, mm. in like being in a band as such. What was the sort of reason behind that? Was it just sort of general sort of fatigue or was it Yeah, but well, I think with me the the thing is I started playing at quite you know, when I first started playing you know, with big bands and big tours and stuff. I was 21 and fresh out of university, didn't know my ass from my elbow, <laughs> and was thrown in properly at the deep end. And and then obviously when I joined Pitch Shifter, we toured for about eight or nine years full on, like nine months of the year, which is great. But you you know, I had a time in my life. I'm not. I wouldn't sort of change it for anything. But looking back, you know, you when you start to get into your late 20s, you start thinking, I've been doing it a while now. And you, know, you see all your friends settling down with houses and long-term girlfriends, and you're just still out there rampaging around the world, coming home, not even having a home to come to. You sort of just end up surfing on people's sofas in between tours. Yeah. And that's cool uh, for a certain age. And then, um, you know, I've done a few bands after after I left Pitch Shifter and done a few other projects. I've done like, the Victor Pill albums. Yep. That was my thing. Um, and that was a very hard, as much as I loved it, and I liked the albums. It was hard work because you know, it was all self-funded. There was no record company there. And, you know, there's no one putting on the gigs for you like it used to be in the old days, you know, when you've got agents and stuff like that. Yeah. It's hard work. And it just sort of it ends up sort of just dragging you down a bit. You end up just thinking, I'm not quite sure I'm enjoying this anymore. And I sort of, I think I got to my early 30s and just thought, I've got to start thinking ahead a little bit about because i don't want to be one of those sad old bastards in their 50s <laughs> they're all trying to be like yeah i've gone out doing some kicks down the frog and ferret yeah i'm, <laughs> I'm punk and it's just sad it's all right if you had a sex pistols but yeah you know you've got to have a bit of dignity and i thought i'm not doing that it's just not my thing and i just um ended up sort of doing a few i don't know i think i just got fed up with all the touring around and because it kills, it's such a cliche thing to say, but you, start, you spend all the time traveling around and then you get to do the gig. And if it's a good gig, you think, ah, oh, that was all worth it, hanging around all day for that gig. That yeah. was brilliant. But if it's a bit of shit, then you start thinking, I'm wasting a lot of time here. And time's ticking. And um, I just started working, doing a bit of session work for some electronic DJs and um, asking them, you know, what's this for? Is this for an album? And they were like, no, this is for production music, for TV. Ah. I was like, oh, okay. And then I started noticing that, you know, they're doing all right out of it. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. This could be a way for me to... Cause I didn't want to stop doing music altogether. Yeah. But I just I just wanted to do the bit that I enjoyed the most, which has always been the creative bit, sitting yeah. in the studio, writing. That's always been my favourite bit. So that's what I sort of... Um, just slipped into doing that really so almost overnight I uh, just stopped playing in bands and oh. just, I don't think I've played live um, you know, have to look online there yeah. is evidence <laughs> so yeah it's just um, I think it's just one of those things I just I just try to think ahead a lot. Sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. I do overthink a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so I was just thinking, I, didn't, I sort of knew that after PSI, the band were dropped by Sanctuary. And I just thought, well, that's not good. <laughs> and a few other opportunities came up and some other bands that I wanted me to work with them. And I'd done a bit of that. And yeah, so I don't know. It just got to a point where I was thinking, I need to be thinking ahead. Yeah. No, that's and, fair enough. Um, thinking a bit more, thinking a bit more business minded, and yeah, because when you're twenty, when you're in your early twenties and stuff, you don't care about all that sort of stuff. No, you're just having the time of your life. Yeah, you know, visiting all these countries you never thought you'd go and see. Um, you don't really think of a bigger picture, but um, I suppose it's just you know, you get to that point in life where you start thinking, "Hang on a minute, I need to start getting my shit together a little bit." Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's a sense. I mean, it's sensible. It's sensible, but it's um, it's the sort of place I found myself as well because I, I went into being in a band as well, and 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 when that sort of came towards its end, it was like you know I'm almost thirty. What what's um, what am I going to do now? I sort of like I dabbled in kind of like the hired gun game, you know, where you kind of go and play another yeah. get bands and stuff like that, and um, played around with like some other different like sort of like parts of bands. Like I was a I was a sort of electronic like DJ part of a rock band for the longest time oh, cool. and um cool. so i was doing all like scratches and all that kind of stuff and um yep. i ended up being a vocalist in a band for like a couple of years after that you know just because it was something different um but then it was like kind of what you know what <laughs> i need to start thinking about because i've got a family i've got a wife got kids and and, and it's yeah. just sort of, yeah. you gotta start thinking long term and everything which is you know it is sensible but it doesn't like you know and i i still sort of like occasionally make music but I'm more of a I like yeah. I go out and DJ now, so I'll DJ yeah. rock. But the funny thing is, I think with with me is just you know sometimes you know I get asked quite a lot. A lot of most of the time, it's my bloody mum and dad that want friends. Go, <laughs> don't you miss it? Don't you miss it? And occasionally, you know, if I'm watching, if I can bear to watch like Glastonbury, if there's a few like, bands I like yeah. on Glastonbury, I will watch it and go, ah, oh, and get have a few flashbacks. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, it's really good when it's really good. And it's shit when it's shit. Yes. Because, you know, in, in, you know with Pitch Shifter, we, went, we had both ends of the scale completely. Um, you know, we'd have brilliant tours of, of England, and then we'd go to Australia, and we'd just play to absolutely no one, literally no one. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's pretty soul-destroying. So when it's good, it's really, really good. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are guilty of just remembering good gigs, and you don't remember that. 12 hour drive through australia yep you know with no ac yep to play to <laughs> absolutely no one one man in his kangaroo so yeah literally <laughs> occasionally like... <laughs> occasionally occasionally i get the little oh it would have to be something pretty good i don't think i'd form a, i think it'd be ridiculous to form a new band and try and go out like that yeah um but if something really really good come up i'd, I'd think about it but it would have to be something pretty good i yeah. think because I'm pre-sold. Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. And I was, I was going to say, because you, you mentioned that you're going into like the sort of production side of things and um, and, mm. and see, obviously for yourself as well as other bands as well, because I know you work with um, uh, Seething Akira. Um, yeah. Which were the, the boys from down... Uh, down um, yeah, good bunk. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a weird thing. I'm, that's the only, the only other thing I've ever... I've, when I say production music, it's, that's basically like a posh term for music for tv so it's music that goes on behind yeah. tv productions yeah i think so that's yeah. what i do yeah. yeah so that's what i do but um they sent me some of their stuff Stephen akira and uh i could sort of hear what they wanted to do but they didn't quite i couldn't quite sort of realize the sound they wanted so um i could hear they were quite sort of influenced by the, some of the stuff that you know, pitch shift used to do yeah so it was good it was good to get involved with them but i don't see myself moving into producing bands or anything like that no? i think that would okay. be because i can remember what i was like <laughs> working with producers and i don't want to produce me in the, the thumb uh, i don't know fair I, enough. i'm quite happy sort of working on my own to be honest i like it <laughs> no that's fair enough well let's let's actually get on to your album uh i know mm. we've we sort of we've tried to but we'll, we'll try now um, <laughs> so uh it's called headspace um it is out now um head, head wars sorry ah Close. Close. that's right let's try that again it's called head wars and <laughs> i'm gonna leave that i'm not even gonna edit that um no no, no. um but no I was just, I, like it, it's really good i really like I, I got sent a couple of the tracks to start with i got ticking time bomb um initially yeah. and uh, i was like oh i like this this is like the kind of sound i'm into because i had a, i had a show like on total rock different from this show uh it was just purely music based and it was purely for like electronic and like rock metal music crossover yeah so like obviously bands like seething akira stuff like that were all like you know and pitch shifter um all fall into that gap um and and i was just like this i was like oh my god this is great i love it and then then i got um oh the one of the tracks you did with uh tut tut um oh trigger trigger trigger, that's it trigger finger um and uh yeah i was just i it was really good and then i've heard the whole album and and really enjoyed it but i was just sort of like wanting to sort of delve a little deeper into it so you know what was the sort of like why 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 did you feel it was the sort of um 
you know right time to bring out some solo material when you've kind of been doing sync and stuff for so for a while now and and you know and yep. pitch obviously you know the things have now uh passed along and and why now i think i think is the question i yeah. wanted to get out of my mouth then that's a good question <laughs> got, you got there in the end i got there in the end i think what it is <laughs> i think what it is is for me I stopped doing all the band stuff literally overnight. And then I sort of went into this whole new sort of type of uh, musical career of, you know, writing music for TV and film. And it was a big, it was a big learning curve for me because in the old days, you know, with Pitch Shifter and stuff like that, I wasn't into production. I didn't get involved in any of that. I couldn't care less. No, I wasn't. I've worked with some really good producers and a few pretty good ones. But I never really spent any time sort of on their shoulder going, oh, what's you doing to that crest Oh, that EQ. You know, all I was doing was sitting there going, come on, get to the guitars, get to the top, come on. And then <laughs> when are we going out tonight? When are we going out? So, you know, I couldn't care less about that. But when I started getting into doing the music for TV, I realised pretty quick that I probably wasted a lot of time when I should have been, should have learned all that stuff. So over a very short period of time, I just sort of got my head down and taught myself how to do all that. And um, so over the last 10 years, I've written probably thousands of bits of music and all different genres and different styles and stuff that I didn't think I could do, stuff that um, I thought, you know, because I've always had that little anxiety devil on the shoulder going, oh, yeah. you're not a producer, you can do that. So with some of the other albums I've done in the past, I've had you know people helping me to produce it, people helping me to mix it, and I've never trusted myself, never thought I could do it. So I think over the last 10 years, I've just written so much music and built up a big catalogue of music out there that does really well. Um, so I just thought a couple of years ago, I just thought, well, you've got, you brought yourself some time and you're not, you don't need to be working your ass off every day. Why don't you start doing a few tunes just for yourself? So I literally just done a couple of tracks um, just for fun. Because yeah. normally what I do is I, I write to a brief, you know, the company I write for sends me a brief yeah. and I do a lot of dark sort of cinematic electronic stuff. No, I don't do all that ukulele whistling bollocks. <laughs> I do far more sort of crime programs and dark stuff. Yeah. So some of the stuff I was writing, and I was thinking, this is good stuff, and it could be released as an album, but you've, then you've got that thing of, well, I don't want to go on tour, and you've done all that, so why do you want to go back on – why would you want to go back on tour and form a band? And But then I just thought, well, you don't have to do it like that. Why don't you just do an album of your own stuff? And and there's no pressure. There's yeah. not like not like my house is hanging on it doing well or anything like that. I just I thought it would just be fun. So I wrote a couple of tracks and played them to a few friends, and they were like, "Yep, this is cool. You should carry on." So I very quickly put together four or five tracks and played it to the company that um, I write TV music for, and they just went, "This is good." And you know, we do artist an artist side to our label as well you could put it out for us and then suddenly i had a home for it oh. and i thought hang on a minute yeah i'm not going to be traipsing around you know um record labels at this stage of the game going, yeah i'm doing a new doing a new band <laughs> you want to my demo because yeah i'm not business, you'll find out. it's called jim brule yeah <laughs> so i thought no i'm not doing that um, so i wouldn't have done it i just wouldn't have bothered but yeah. the fact that i knew i had a home for it anyway regardless I thought, well, what's the harm in doing it? It's just, just do it for fun. And I used it as, um, I just used it as an excuse to get in touch with some people that I wanted to get in touch with again. And I think for myself, I just did it for myself as well, more than anything, because I look back at, I'm a nightmare for over overanalyzing things and thinking back and regretting things. But mm -hmm. that's probably what well, that is the reason the album's called what it is. Yeah. And I just, I listen back to some of the stuff I've done in the past and I'm, I'm annoyed with myself. I sort of, sort of thing if you'd had your shit together a bit earlier you could have produced that or you could have made that sound better and so i've wanted to do something now because i know that i can do it all myself and i know i can get it to sound how i want it yeah because regardless of anyone whether anyone likes this or not or whatever I, it's exactly how i wanted it to sound it's not like i listen back to it and go oh it's not quite there you know i'm completely happy with it and um cool. you know i produced all the tracks well apart from the collaborations obviously and and mix them all and i've done it all in my very very basic studio you know my you know you might expect it to be like a spaceship or something but it's the most <laughs> bog standard room in the house it's it, it's all 
really, really basic. So yeah. it, I just felt like I was hitting a little bit of a, a purple patch where what I was doing was good and why not do it? And um, yeah, just so I'm not looking back in another five years going, you know, you should have, maybe you should have pushed yourself a bit. Because yeah. I, I feel like I really did push myself on this album to to write an interesting album, not like 12 tracks that all sound the same because my musical taste is so diverse. I listen to loads of different stuff and always have. So I wanted the album to be quite different sounding. So yeah. that's why I'm, you know, I'm chuffed that it's had a good response on the whole. You know, I'd say 90% of it's the feedback's been good. That's because good. I was worried a little bit just because it's quite diverse. So I thought, well, someone might like Ticking Time Bomb and they might hate now you know because it's a little bit more not pop but it's a little bit more modern sounding than some mm-hmm. of the other stuff but I think um, hopefully I've struck a bit of a balance but it's funny isn't it because you always get that thing where you get sort of lady reviewers or you know journalists going oh well you know it's electronic rock man that's, that's a bit dated you know, people have been saying that since 1999 haven't yeah, they yeah they have <laughs> they're still they're still people still like it it's a, I, I feel like um, this album's a good sort of it sounds, to me, it sounds like I've given it a bit of a, a fresh sort of overhaul on some of the tracks. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted, I suppose, the, the, the very short answer, where bearing in mind I've just given you a really fucking long one, <laughs> I just wanted to do it for myself yeah. because I felt like I could do it for myself now. And That's really I could cool. do it all sat on my ass in my room on my own in between playing on the PlayStation or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't have to leave the house. I didn't have to get a producer in. I didn't have to, you know, it was it was a fun process. That's good. That's good. And it's I mean, it's, it's a solid album. Um, like, I, like you've got, like I say, you had a bunch of collaborations on there. I already mentioned you had Mark and mm. Jason on there from Pitch Shifter. Yeah. Um, you've also got a Tut Tut Child, which we mentioned as well a moment ago. Um, yeah. And you've got, is it Abby Ailson? Ailson? Abby Ashleen. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's actually. This sounds. This sounds really sad. And Yoko Ono, but that's. She's my wife. Okay. So, um, but you know, she was important in getting the whole thing going. Yeah. Because she's a really good singer, but um, she used to sort of say, "Oh, why don't you ever write me a tune?" I was like, "Well, that's because I'm writing for TV to <laughs> keep a roof over your head, darling." Yeah. <laughs> Shit <Shouldn't> was. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, a couple of years ago, she was like, "Just write me a tune, and I'll, I'd like to have a go." So I thought, okay. I'll write you a really sort of weird, dark, glitchy thing and see how you get on, you know, thinking she'd go, no, that's horrible. But I did um, the track that ended up being Game of Faces. And then, um, yeah, she sort of jumped in the studio and came out with what she came out with. And I thought, that's good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's really good. But I didn't know what I was going to do with it. So I just stuck it on on my desktop going in a folder called Don't Know What to Do With This. And then a couple of months later, I'd been talking to a few people, some of my friends, about just, why don't you just do some stuff for yourself? And then that folder of don't know what to do with this started to develop into an album that yeah. I thought is going to be actually all right. And then it developed into something I thought, yeah, sod it. I'm just going to put it out because you know, I'm, I'm proud of it. So Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. It's, it's diverse as well. That was the sort of like main thing i took away from it because it kind of like you've got that kind of punky vibe and that kind of like high tempo mm. um like electronic rock if you will um sort of sound yeah. to it but then like do you have the more sort of like poppy sentiments in there um yeah with with some of those tracks and i was like i was i was quite i wouldn't say surprised but it was just a nice break from like you know breaking it up like that mm. and using the elements obviously you had available to you um yeah well the, i think that's a direct yeah sorry, sorry to interrupt but that's that, right. i think that's a direct that's a direct result of what i've been doing for the last 10 years because yeah. you know i do have to write stuff you know when i get certain briefs they might not always be 100 percent in my ballpark so i have to sort of do a bit of research and um so i sort of built up a a bit of a new skill set and, and and basic just got into a lot of different styles of music because I'm always being sent stuff um, all the time, like new stuff to listen to. And yeah. cause a lot of the stuff I have to write um, for TV and film has to have quite a contemporary sound to it. So mm. I'm aware of what's going on and I got into, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I really like. So on certain tracks, like now, you know, uh, they, it does sound a bit more contemporary and I mean, pops are, shit word but i know what you mean it's yeah. it's, it's more um 
I don't know what better word for that would be, but yeah, there's definitely some tracks on there a bit more contemporary, and it's not just full on electronic rock because that would have bored me, and yeah, wouldn't I don't know, yeah, it wouldn't be. No, no. So like I said, like I said before, it's, it's a good album. It's well structured, and it's got a plenty of diversity in there. Um, I really liked um, Zombies was actually one of my favourite tracks as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny to like. say that. Yeah, a few people have said that. And the funny thing is, oh, I saw a review, and I try not to, I don't really ever bother with looking at reviews because, you know, I've been doing this for far too long to care yep. about reviews. I just, <laughs> I caught one little line of something somewhere, and it says, like, I was going, oh, well, compl-, you know, on zombies, he's ranting about the evils of technology, and he's just written a, an electronic album, you know. How ridiculous! <laughs> I was just thinking, no, you've just no, you're overthinking it, mate. Yeah, yeah, totally it's, over. it's just meant completely. to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing is, a lot of the album lyrically is quite moody and it is quite dark. And... Yeah. So, I'm going to do. I always feel writing lyrics and singing because you feel like you're really, really exposed, and that's not really my thing. So I was going to do lyrics. They had to mean something to me. So a lot of the album is lyrically quite moody because the last couple of years have been quite moody and there's been some shit things that have happened and um i sort of took a bit of you know use that a little yeah. bit so so yeah i mean with zombies zombies is just a bit of a laugh it's just yeah. me ranting about idiots with phones at the gigs <laughs> just yeah. just like for, you know i'm not trying to be in depth or deep there's no hidden meanings it's just a bit of a rant it's just a laugh no that's why i liked it actually, it was it was that pure yeah. like like i know where this guy's coming from like moment <laughs> so it was like yeah so yeah like i said I, I like the fact that some of the moodier tracks are offset with me just being miserable old bastards <laughs> and you know you don't need to overanalyze things it's no. just it's just fun yeah exactly exactly how did you find doing um like the vocals pro- like the primary vocals for it yeah, it's a weird one. I don't, I wouldn't say it's something that comes naturally. I don't, I would never say that I'm a singer. And the thing is, I think I'm, I think I'm all right with coming up with melodies and I'm not bad with lyrics. And I think I just sort of thought, well, just push. Because at first, when I started the idea of doing this album, I had thought about doing it, me writing sort of 12 tracks yeah. instrumentally and then getting lots of different vocalists in. And then I just had a little word myself and went, hang on a minute, you're doing that thing that you always do, sort of trying to take the, pre- you know, trying to um, alleviate the pressure and get someone else to do it for you because mm. you don't think you can do it yourself. So I just thought, no, yeah, you're right. I'm just going to do it myself because I knew what sound I wanted. I wanted it to sound English and a bit rowdy and, you know, nothing too, I don't know. I, was, I think it just fitted. Yeah, and um, after I've done a couple of tracks, there's a few tracks on there that I'm really happy with the vocals on there. The, the title track "Head Wars" and um, "Shadows in Shadows." I think my voice suits it, but yeah, it's not something that comes naturally to me at all. And as far as doing it live, it would give me proper nightmares if I was because <laughs> I hadn't really considered that I was going to do this live because that would have changed how I wrote this album from yeah. day one because I would have been stressing about it from day one. Some of the tracks on this album have got so many layers, so many channels running. It's ridiculous. So if in the back of my mind I was thinking, how are you going to do this live? It would have changed how I wrote those songs because yeah. I wouldn't, or maybe I wouldn't have put that extra sound in because I thought, well, you can't play that and sing at the same time. And, you know, I'm not a front man, let's be honest. I'm just not a front man. I've been very lucky to have been in bands with the best front men. And... I'm not a front man. I'm nowhere <laughs> near self-confident or self-assured to do that. So, but when you're just doing it in the studio and you know that you're not going to um, be having to do it live, yeah, then I think it, it came out well. And I sort of surprised myself a little bit. I did push myself to sort of really try and come up with some interesting melodies and interesting lyrics that weren't just the same. You know, I didn't want it to be really cliche bollocks. I yeah. wanted it to actually mean something to me even if it doesn't mean anything to anyone else i mean there's obviously some silly tracks on there like i say silly you know zombies is just a bit of a rant and trigger finger is just about why my gun when i go shooting i've got a, i've got a tutor a gun tutor yeah. and he's ex-army so he gives me a lot of grief and, which i like <laughs> he batters me when i miss and uh yeah and just on one occasion he just turned to me and went you know what your problem is david you've got a loose trigger finger 
<laughs> point, you know, don't point both those barrels at me, son. And I just that just stuck in my head. And I thought that's funny. I'm going to I'm going to use that because yeah. I'll wind him up. Nice. So you know, in a, in, so in amongst the the, the moodier stuff, I yeah. like to think there's a few in there that are just for fun. And yeah. Don't overthink it. But yeah, I, I oh yeah, I'm no Chris Cornell. That's for sure. <laughs> few are, but no, no. It was, it was like it's like like you say, it's like. It doesn't sound like because a lot of like bands, I'm not going to name any of them, but they do have like a, a universal sound when it comes to their vocals. Yep. Like they're very scared of being their particular like country of origin. Like they'll they'll sound American yep. or they'll sound you know that kind of like yeah. neutral yeah. accent. Um, but when you hear them yep. speak, they're either very British or they've got a very heavy like you know northern accent or something like that. But yeah, there's nothing worse than no. hearing band. That's why I like bands like Biffy. When you when you sing along to Biffy, you you sound Scottish, don't you? Yeah, it's hilarious. When I when I'm when I've got it on in the car, oh, many of harder before I know it, I'm like, I've got me kilt on yeah. and I'm, I'm with him. I'm <laughs> walking through the Highlands, and you know, I find myself developing a Scottish accent when when. So I like that. I love the fact that you yeah. can hear that how Scottish the band are, and because it'd be shit, wouldn't it? If, if he started singing like he's from LA. Yeah. Yeah. um, So, yeah, I mean, I can only sound how I can sound. No, I wasn't really trying to go for for anything. That's that's what I really liked about the whole, like the the album, when you did take charge of those vocals, it was like, it was you. I could tell it was you because I'd I'd, I'd heard you speak before. So you you sound, it sounds like you, you know. Yeah. I wonder what that sounds like. Yeah. You can play this back afterwards if you want. Oh, no, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in in Pitch Shifter days, I used to do a few, like, in the background, you know. You know, John's a really good vocalist. He's a proper singer. But, you know, I never really thought, even when I used to do little bits of backing vocals, I never really trusted myself to do it. I never really thought I could do it. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's a weird one, really. Cool. But I think a lot of it comes from just there being no pressure. I just thought, well not going to do it live you're not going to have to sing this note perfect and remember the lyrics yeah. and play all these little fiddly guitar bits and be you know tap dancing on your pedals like bloody <laughs> lionel blair i'm going to be able to i can just sit here and do what i want and that nice. was the idea excellent excellent well i've got a couple of questions left for you if that's all right and i can let you yep. get on with the rest of, of your course. day um so what i want to find out from you is your um these are sort of my generic questions by the way that i ask sort of everyone um yep but uh, i want to find out your three top albums that have kind of shaped your musical career or even like just in life um what those sort of three pivotal albums are that's a very good question Thank you. Right, okay. Well, the first one would be... I'm going to have to think. You're probably going to have to edit this bit. That's fine. You pause, the, pause it a little bit. That's all right. Ableton allows me to do all these wondrous things. So. <laughs> right, okay. Um, Disintegration by The Cure. Nice. Um, Violator, Depeche Mode. Nice. Um, how many am I allowed? Three. And you can't cheat. Never mind. Never mind the bollocks. Oh, okay. Nice. I've had that mentioned a few times actually. The Sex Pistols one. It is a. I mean, it's a solid album. Never, you know. Oh, it's just brilliant. But yeah. um, no, I love the Cure album. I haven't heard anyone say that one before. Um, I love the Cure. Oh, I love that album. Um, yeah. And the Pesh Mode. I love the Pesh Mode. Like top one of the top. Yeah, bands. it was funny. Just the other night, me and me and the missus were we sat in the kitchen the other night. I just got absolutely fucking hammered for no reason and that's like th- th- three weeks of lockdown and it's, yeah. it's disintegrating fast yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah it was a wednesday night and we just sat in the kitchen just got absolutely wankered and put on the pesh mode for about three hours and uh yeah every single song i just sit there and go oh so good so good. yeah but anyway i digress no that's good that's good I, my, my old band did a cover of one of their songs and i've got a uh... Uh, a, a, a uh, what was it? A um, a letter signed by Martin Gore uh, with oh, um, nice. publishing permissions because <laughs> we were going to release really? it. Oh, that's brilliant. So um, yeah, now I've got that somewhere in my in my little vault somewhere. But uh, we yeah, never did release good. it apart from online. So, um, but they they get all the royalties from it. It's one of my like big like on my YouTube channel. It's the only one that's got like twenty thousand hits. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, crazy. But um, finally, what is your um, what are your hobbies away from music? So when you when you're not like writing stuff for for ads and yeah. and, and TV shows and whatnot and your own album, what do you do? Yep, this is gonna sound so uncool, 
listen to, to be the most unrock and roll answer you've ever heard. Go for it. <laughs> so I'm massively into my history. Always have been, but you know, basically military history. So yeah. going from Vikings, Romans, through to World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, everything, you name it, yeah. everything. I've just always been into it since I was a kid. And um but so yeah, it's just something that's always with me. I've I go to, I do all the battlefield tours. Um funny enough, the guy that used to tour manage Bitshifter actually runs a D Day tour company over oh, in really? Mindy. So I go over there every year and we go around and do all the battlefields. I've been to the Somme, done all the trenches and Passchendaele. I've been out. I mean, this is so sad. I've been out there with a metal detector. I've dug up loads of stuff. I've got, I came back from Passchendaele with like all these shells. I don't even know if they're unexploded. I've got them in the house. I should probably check. <laughs> I've got bullets and stuff. So I'm a proper geek. And if I wasn't a musician, this is the saddest thing. I'd probably be one of those like weird blokes on time team with the really short denim shorts on with the boys hanging out the barracks. <laughs> I'd be one of them. I'd be one of them. Nice. I'd love it. So, no, that's, um, that's, yeah, I, do I was going to say, that, yeah. that is really cool. I like that, personally. I'm um, not sure it's cool, but, um, you know, it keeps me off the streets. Yeah. And like I said, I do a lot of shooting, do a lot of clay pigeon shooting, yeah. well, I used to, when you're allowed outside. Yeah. Um, and they're my, they're my things, really. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, I've got, like, I, I stumbled across... Um, like in my moving boxes, a bunch of my uh, one of my grandfather's like medals um, from yeah. I think like it was like it wasn't from... a German one, was it? No, 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 <laughs> no. Thankfully, no. Granddad, uh, why have you got an Iron Cross? Yeah, um, thankfully, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. It was uh, I think it was from the Korea War. Um, oh wow! And there was like a bunch of like Korean notes in there, like money, um, like uh, really? in there and stuff. So yeah, there weren't no. a ma- not a massive amount of British troops went to Korea. So. No. That's interesting. So yeah, yeah, I'm off already. I'm yeah. off already. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Jim, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Um, no, it's been great. It's kept me off Xbox for at least an hour or so, hasn't it? So that's all right. I'm going to go back to mine in a minute. In so <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. What you say? I should say something like, I should say like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go back in the studio, man. Yeah, some more tunes. Yeah, yeah. lay down some. Riff. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. No, I'm fair not. enough. No, I've got I've got Watchdogs to play on my Xbox, so I'm going to go do that. So, yeah. but no, thanks very much. I really enjoyed that. That was really good fun. Yeah, and, no uh, worries. All the questions were really cool. I look forward to hearing it. Cool. Good luck with everything, man. And um, thank yeah. you, Barnaby. Thank no you worries. Have a good one, Jim. See you, pal. Bye bye.